Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cullen on Film. We are in the studio. This is crazy. And we got Ming over here. What's up, Ming? How are you? Uh, what's up? I'm, I'm behind the scenes here, but welcome yeah. back, CJ, to the studio. And I, the, 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 But this is a milestone right here. Yeah, this, this is the first, the first time here for Cullen on Film. Yeah, live. And, and live. And li live, yeah, instead of uh, over the internet, we are here. We are standing here, and we have Tom Betty here tonight. Greetings, greetings. How you doing? Thanks for having me, CJ. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to have you in the studio and the new studio because we, I don't even know if we did a, did we do a hang on to your sh shorts one here at I all? I think we did one, right? It wasn't hang on to your shorts. I think we were just playing around. We were, okay, yeah, people. yeah, yeah, for sure. So that even hasn't even happened yep. yet. So this is the first of the first of the first for us. I, I popped up on some other shows or stuff, but this is the, you got to be on the first. Nice. That's, <laughs> what, what, what an honor. What an honor to be here with Ming and CJ. So, uh, Tom, you're in the business. You're behind the scenes. You're in front of the scenes. You're doing all this. Uh, what got you started in, in the film industry overall? Like, how did you like, like, I'm going to work in this business. I'm going to do stuff for this. Uh, how did that happen? Going way back. Yeah, way, way back, way, way back, way, way, way back. Let's kid? see. Little kid? Little kid. You're like, I'm going to do this? Uh, no, it was more in, in college. Uh, I remember the first acting job I ever had or, or production. So that was, was it in. acting first or production first? No, no, it was acting. acting so, yeah, I was, I was definitely an actor first before I got into anything else. I, uh, my first year and a half, I went to the College of New Jersey and um, I did a production of romeo and juliet and i played uh balthazar Ooh. this is going back to the fall of 2000 that's my hard. god romeo and juliet that's tough my I god yeah it was it was but it was a great experience i remember i felt just such a sense of accomplishment being a part of the production and i just felt like man this is something that i really enjoy doing um and shakespeare? then shakespeare yeah you know as a as a college student i i enjoyed it and you appreciate it more as you get older but i definitely uh remember liking it did you read it in high school? Shakespeare yeah, stuff? yeah, of course. So you yeah. like understood it. And I always had a hard time with it. it no, just, no, I, I did understand it. And I, I want to go back and, and read uh, it again and read more of his work, obviously. Um, but it was just a great experience back then. And uh, that kind of I had the bug. And then uh, I went to Rutgers. I transferred to Rutgers uh, after that. And I did a um, I acted in a feature independent film. So this is 2002. So it was a very, very different landscape. The yeah. equipment was very different, but was it film film? No, no, like it digital? was digital, but it was like digital at the time. So it wasn't um, the, the HD revolution did not happen yet. Not that yet, happened, no. I think in 08 yeah, or 09. Later, yeah. um, so it was, but it was, it's still, the process was similar to what we're doing today. And um, that was a very, uh, great experience, and I loved being a part of that production. And um, is this I did film out there. Can we see it? I don't know if it's out there. Um, I played a deviant character in a college setting. Um, it's like one of those PCU moments. No, it was a dark. It was a like dark a drama American. film. It's called Wasteland right. by this uh, great director Dan Fabrizio, who sounds like a Bruce still, <laughs> who's still he he's uh, he has a, a company. I think it's war called Water into Wine. He lives in uh, in northern New Jersey, and I think oh. he's still doing really well. I haven't seen him in a while, but he was a, a great director to work for. And uh, we've kept in touch throughout the years, but I haven't seen him in a few. Um, but it was a it was a, a great experience. Uh, again, I just I love being a part of it. Like most people that are in actors or in production or directing, they just love being a part of that creative process. Uh, and then I graduated college in 03 and I did a bunch of independent film uh off broad off off broadway theater in new york Ooh, city how was that i was i was one yeah, no again it's just that. they're interesting experiences Black box kind of yeah thing. exactly producers club a lot of people have have uh, done productions there this is uh going back to like 2004 i'm gonna direct something in black box never did that yeah it's it's, it's a good experience um i had a lot of fun doing it and uh but you know i wanted to take more control over my career a lot of letdowns um, in, in, as an actor, like, you know, these projects. So that, you were just full on acting at the time. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had ideas uh, that I wanted to translate into film at some point, but they were just ideas. I didn't know how to write. I didn't know anything about really the production process. Uh, but then bring us up to a few years later, like 2007, I'm like, you know, I want to take more control over my career. I want to actually 
produce and direct and write. So I enrolled yeah. in the new school, which is in the West Village in okay. Manhattan. Yeah. And uh, I got a master's degree in media studies and it was a great program. It wasn't strictly a film program, though I focused most of my courses on film. But it is a master's. It is a master's. And I uh, I learned uh, not only film and screenwriting and production, but I also learned like communication theory, Marshall McLuhan, things like that. And that was really helpful for what I do today as mm -hmm. a, you know, I'm in corporate video and branding and messaging and things like that. Um, but as part of that, that program, um, I wrote, directed, and acted in a feature film called At the Jersey Shore, which is still mm -hmm. on Amazon Prime, iTunes, you, you YouTube. Can get that. Yeah, yeah, you can check it out. That was an amazing experience. So, I mean, I've told this. You just went out and did it. I just did. I, you know, I was just, uh, you know, <laughs> I know. Looking back, a it's feature like, film yeah, going out and doing it. That's yeah, got, you just, got guts, man. <laughs> I know. I know. Looking back, you're like, wow, that that was pretty crazy. But we, did, you know, we just did it. I was lucky enough. I had a great production crew. Um, Mike and Spike of Urban Mouse Productions. I mean, we're going back to 09 when we started this film. I had a great oh, cast. Yeah. Um, all the, the the cast involved, Melissa Kellner, Frank Marcico, Matthew Aiden, all the other supporting roles. They were just amazing. I mean, it was a crazy experience. Um, you know, I've learned such a, a, a lot about that. production and how we did it all, I think, was just um I don't know how we did it all, but we, <laughs> we, we, we finished it. So we didn't finish everything in 09. And then we had to come back in 2010 and all the cast came back and all the crew came back and we yeah. finished. Uh, it was, you know, it was just a whirlwind. It was just an absolute whirlwind. But again, I just learned so much about production. I learned so much about storytelling. I learned so much just about acting and and just everything. How put it, putting so together you, this vision. You wrote it, directed it, you started it. I started it. and I, I did everything. And then. Uh, that had a great festival run. I was, you know, we, what we had going for yeah, us. before I knew you, you were doing that festival. Yes. Run for yeah. that. But then you were still, I knew you and it was still going some places. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was, a, it was a long run, but, um, you know, what we had going for us at that time was, uh, MTV's Jersey Shore. So I had no mm. idea that MTV was going to be at Seaside Heights during the summer of 2009, but during the filming, during the filming, we had no idea. It was just by more or less half. It wasn't out yet. No. So no. people didn't know it wasn't a big thing yet. No, like it wasn't. Crazy. We, you know, we, I remember back in 09 that we had heard that MTV was in town in Seaside Heights, but we had no idea what was going to well, happen. They had the, the house before that, right? They used to have they, a yeah, they MTV did. party house. That's where yeah. Ashley Simpson, who I, I used to know, <laughs> yeah. used to host. Yeah. So they, had an MTV Shore House in like 98, I remember, and I think yeah. in 2002. So, yeah, that's when she she was like a sort of VJ party. So yeah, yeah, they did stuff in 2002. And then uh, to give you the backstory of MTV's Jersey Shore, I don't know if anybody knows this story, uh. but <laughs> there is a viral video, you know, when things were... And when, you're in it? No. <laughs> no uh, back in, I think, I think it was, I think it was 05. Uh, mm. it, was, it was either 05 or it might have been right before the show in 08 and they did this uh, thing called guido beach no uh yeah there was a viral yeah, video yeah. so it's just basically this uh someone set up a camera at joey harrison surf club in ortley beach and they interviewed all these jersey shore type characters and this video went viral and i think it came out like and then after that hype happened somebody uh the producer of uh, mtv's jersey shore went to mtv with the idea and they pitched it and it became very successful yeah. Um, so I had seen that video and I remember there was a web series at the time, I think called Guido Beach. I, I do remember, remember that. Beach. Yeah, it was like, a, yeah, remember it was, Guido it, Beach. they didn't film in Jersey. I think they were filming in California. It was, it was no. just like a strange little yeah. thing um, that had a moment in time. But I remember because I was writing the script at that time. And when you're a first time filmmaker and screenwriter, you, you've, your, your biggest concern is that you think someone's going to steal your idea. So I remember being like ultra paranoid that, yeah. <laughs> that somebody's going to steal my idea. Now, as a as an accomplished or more accomplished filmmaker, your biggest concern is somebody's actually going to watch or read your material. <laughs> I mean, it's the complete opposite. But I remember like yeah. just being on the Internet all the time back then and like seeing, oh, like what's somebody going to do with this MTV or this Jersey Shore idea that I have? And I was just so paranoid, <laughs> I remember, at the time. And um and then it came out. And then, yeah, so we did it uh, concurrently. Um, but <laughs> and it, it helped instead of hindering my project. It definitely helped. It added to the publicity because MTV's Jersey Shore became so huge. I remember that Christmas of 09, like the world exploded that was it. with MTV Jersey Shore. And then <laughs> um, that was it. I mean, the, the cat was out of the bag. And I remember being in Seaside Heights. I've never seen Seaside Heights so crazy 
as I did Memorial Day weekend 2010. There so must have been. When they were doing season two, or yeah, they were. It, yeah, they they started season two, and they there must have been 200,000 people. I mean, it was absolute insanity. Yeah. Um, so that hype, that publicity, definitely helped my film. And we showed that side. We filmed at the Bamboo, which is recently. Uh, just sold today, really? so there's no longer bamboo. It's it's Uh-oh. going to be a, a bunch of condominiums. Oh, so Seaside so Heights not even a bar anymore. No, no. Seaside Heights is going through a, a, a rejuvenization. Yeah. Or uh, I, I, I mispronounced that happened it. up here many years ago. Asbury, well, I'm hoping. Well, Asbury, well, but yeah. Tradewinds back in oh, Seabright yeah. days. Yeah, Tradewinds was the place to go, and, mm-hmm. and now it's condos. Yeah, well, it's it's yeah, it's it's condos, and that's what's going to happen. Well, that's yeah, well, that's what's going to happen to the bamboo. Uh, so we're hoping I'm hoping as a Seaside Park resident that Seaside Heights becomes like an Asbury Park, like this really posh, cool place. But we'll see. Um, so we filmed in those establishments that MTV made famous. We filmed at the Bamboo. We filmed in Karma. But we also because the theme of the film is that there's more. There's a lot of substance to the Jersey Shore. There's a lot of soul and meaning. And there is. And there is. <laughs> and and, um, and that's what my film showed. So we showed both sides. And actually, the first name of the film which we changed but the first name was love chaos because it was both the love of the the jersey shore and the chaos of hmm. it so um and yeah so that so we finished that in 2010 and then we premiered at the 2011 sonoma film festival in uh, wine country in california and that was oh. a great experience a lot of people really appreciated that was the, the first film. one that was the first oh, one that must have been great it was great, great. way to awesome. start it yeah i mean I, I had no idea i mean i didn't have much experience. Film festival experiences Nothing. was like that, that that's a heck of a start man yeah it was you know it's it's uh, it was just a, an amazing experience we had a, i had a great producer gregory rem uh who i'm still friendly with i'm still in contact with hmm. And he was able, he worked at HBO at the time. And Can he you was, be like, let's do another one? He was able to, you know, secure a lot of those contacts and was able to at least get a scene by these big, big festival directors. And we got in yeah. to Sonoma and that was great. And that's where we met our uh, distributor, Gravitas Ventures. Uh, we met the, the distributor there and it's like six, seven months later, they decided to pick up the film. And in the summer of 2012, we were in all platforms, VOD, everything. So it yeah. was cool. It was just an amazing experience. Um, and then... You know, since then, I've done some short films, Flap Rim, which was at your bunch of your festivals. Yeah, so that was right after you went to the short film right after the yeah, feature. Yeah, so I wanted to just keep on creating. So I yeah. did Flap Rim, which is on YouTube now. You can check out my YouTube page, Tom oh. Benty Media. Oh, that, was, uh, and that was very funny. It was very yeah. different and strange and loved the butler guy. Yeah, yeah, it, was it was just, just, it was just, just thing we did funny. like three days in, in, at the end of 2013. And, and you see the people that are in it circulating in different films all over yeah, the place yeah, now which yeah. is really cool to see that yeah. you know yeah that was that was cool that was a just a, a cool experience very low budget you know just something we did kind of uh on the whim uh you know i did other short films last call which was at your festival reckoning was that was the next your, one or like uh, i think that was the next one you, you yeah, didn't do was, one for a while or like, what about the beach one you did that was oh, that wasn't yours beach. though right you brought brought in yeah that was uh that was my uh, friend who actually the, the guy that played the dad in at the Jersey Shore, this gentleman by the name of Bobby Garino. He uh, had an idea for a film and he wanted to uh, hire me to produce it and, and co-direct it with mm. him. And I did. Uh, that oh, was so called, you produced. And yeah. Co-directed. Yeah. Okay. So that was called Feast at the Beach. Yeah, that was different, too. That was. Yeah, that was strange. Uh, it was a cool <laughs> film. Cool experience. We Great filmed, ending. We filmed in Long Beach <laughs> Island, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. And uh yeah, that that was cool, and then I did uh, Last Call, which was at your festivals, which is about an old drunk at a bar. Now you did that, and then you kind of you went back and you reshot things. Was that the film that you? Yeah, we did, we, we shot it. it. Yeah, we we reshot some scenes for that um, because we wanted to really enhance. A lot of people weren't getting, I think, the fact that the main character's ex-wife was coming into the bar at the end of the film. Like people didn't understand the relationship, so we had to establish that mm-hmm. to make it sent to make it more. Uh, cohesive uh, from the narrative standpoint. Hmm. Um, but that had, you know, some festival exposure. We went to Mesa, uh, California film festival. We got back. That was in October. That's green there. That was a great time Yeah, at, right outside of Phoenix. Oh yeah. Uh, you were in Phoenix, right? Yeah. Yeah, Phoenix, yeah. That was cool. That was a, a, a great experience. That's the thing about festivals. It's just, it's so much fun. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's so much fun being there, meeting people, seeing that's great we miss films, right now. going we to cool towns. Right yeah, I know. So that's, that's, uh, missing festivals and, and cons. And I know. Exactly. It's, it's a shame, but hopefully we start getting it back. You know, we have one hopefully in August. Well, but we don't know. I don't know. If don't that's know. And, and hang on to your shorts in September. We don't know. Don't really know. And then, you know, but a lot of them are being pushed back to September, October, November. So 
all these festivals that we've been missing there. It's going to be going nuts then if they can even do it. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, that's a whole different category and subject, but who knows what the hell is going to happen? I mean, it's just so crazy. Like some right went now. online. So if you replied, so some of them went online you could watch them online and some yeah, like are pushing rooms, back for platforms on online. Well, I mean the films, but I mean the festivals itself. Oh yeah. A lot of There's so many, virtual. they either said we're going online and just doing it and getting over with, or we're going to push it for three months. Well, so I know, um, the lighthouse international film festival well, they and LBI, did something different they did something different they had a like a drive-in yeah so that was real i didn't get a chance to make it down but we yeah. i had screen yeah. there they're a great festival i love that festival it'd be strange to do the drag I guess some some of them were indoor maybe i think they did or all, all drive-in i forget how they no, i think they had to do it they all drive-in drive yeah, or yeah. virtual drive-in or yeah, virtual. virtual so um, that's interesting but i guess they have that area that they can do that you know yeah, yeah i don't i they must have some fields where they they put up shop. I don't. I'm not sure, but that, I just thought that was a cool idea. If I had the time, I would have definitely went down there and check it out. Yeah, um, they're a great festival. Really cool. I mean, they had a lot of they they get a lot of stuff in mean, the features and shorts, but they get some stuff that has been out there. Yeah, Sundance. I think, yeah, and, they go to Sundance and they they'll, they'll like recruit, handpick films. You know? Yeah, they'll they'll recruit films. Um, so that that's awesome. And then, but your your feature played there, didn't it? Uh, my feature. Uh, well, they had like a special screening mm -hmm. for my feature. In 2014, because that was after the festival run, but I yeah. met uh, this gentleman by the name of Eric Johnson, who's a festival director there. I think in 2014, and we just you know started a conversation. I met him at a gathering in New York City, and um, you know he's like, "Oh, it sounds interesting. Let me check out the film." I think he checked out the film, and then he's like, "Yeah, this would be good to have like a special screening." So they had it in the fall. I think they had 14. like another festival in New York that they run too. As yeah, well. I think he did the Friars Club Club oh, Friars Festival. Club. I don't think he does that anymore. anymore though. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, flap room screen there, Feast of the Beach screen there. And, well, oh. Feast of the Beach filmed at the beach, like right up the right street. Right there. So, so yeah, that made a that, lot right? of sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all these these great festivals, we'll see what what's happening. Do you have any them. circulating still out there? No, waiting? no, I have. Well, um, I'm, I'm putting stuff like online now. Uh, the American Benefactor. Well, like so the stuff you're working on now, you're not going to put in festivals. You're going to go right to is well, their web series. Uh, well, one of them's a web series, The American Benefactor, which uh -huh. is the first uh, episode, which is about seven minutes is long. It, it's out there? It's on my YouTube, Tom Benty Media. You can check it out. And yeah. then we, we're going to, I'm about to finish the second episode. So that's the web series because you also yeah. have other things. Yeah, I, I did similar. a TV pilot. I wrote, directed. My uncle had an idea for a, a TV show. So it's uh, not the same as The Benefactor or something different? No, it's something different. Yeah. It's called The Cafone. We, uh -huh. had a, we had a, a great cast. Uh, James uh, Chacon, who's uh, who was in uh, The Irishman, among other things. He's uh -huh. also in The Deuce. Uh, he was the lead actor in that. Uh, this is about a, like a low life, degenerate New Jersey uh, wannabe mobster character. Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> very, very Jersey comedy. Yeah, very. We'll, see, we'll see how it plays, but it's a very Jersey it, comedy. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're, we're waiting. And it's what, know, 30 minutes? It's, yeah, 20, it's, it's 20 25 minutes. 25 minutes. Yeah. Good. Because of commercials. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so once Sweet. things get, I mean, you know, pretty much the, and how as far you, as I can tell, the industry's on hold. So we're yeah. waiting until it's got to wait, right? Backs up. How do you pitch that? How well, do you pitch a, a show? Yeah, that's, that's a good, good question. I mean, there's no one way to go about it. Um, for the Cafone, I mean, we have the, a pilot episode and then we have a bunch of ideas for, upcoming episodes so you pitch the so the you one pitch, and then you pitch ideas for future yeah. and then just basically i think what um networks want to see or these production companies want to see is that you have an idea of what this show is all about so you want to outline who the characters are what are the main instances from their backstories that really define them um what are the characteristics what are the plot points like how is this narrative gonna gonna move forward so i mean that all of that can change but you want to have like an idea of like a whole encompassing show and they want to see that that you understand what this program is all about so we have so for both the cafone and for the american benefactor i mean we have both of those things so i for you know uh, if you're making or you have an idea for a tv show it's important that you put together a bible and that bible is going to just have all the information about everything regarding that show and then from that bible you create like a pitch deck so we understand like the themes, we understand the visuals, we understand the characters, the plot, the narrative, et cetera. Also like the main tensions, what's going to drive hmm. this particular narrative, things like that. So during all this time that we've had, have you been putting things together and planning and selling this and promoting it and pushing it? Have you uh, had more time to do that since 
all the corona. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, with, with the with the American benefactor, we were we almost finished the second episode, but then the whole quarantine happened, happened. So you have to still go back. And I have do to that. film one one little episode, uh, one little. I had a rough cut done, and yeah. I sent it to people. I got some great notes, so I have to go back and edit that, which I will very you soon. Still have to shoot a little bit, and more. I have to shoot like one scene that's going to take very short. Um, but we'll have two episodes done for that. Uh, and I do have a pitch deck. So I wrote, I've been working on this for about five years. So I have like the whole backstory. I have the Bible, I have the pitch deck, et cetera. For that particular one yes. or the good phone or both of them? Uh, for that particular one, I have like pretty much everything you need. Uh, and like I said, we're going to go and finish the second episode and I'll have two episodes done. And I'm debating now whether I want to put that second episode online or do I want to hold off and submit that to festivals and have one mm -hmm. online and one festivals? Or do I want to have two online and then go and when we have the ability to go and film a third episode? Because I have like the first season all written out. Hmm. Uh, and that actually I met a producer and they really liked it and they were in the process of pitching it with me. And um, unfortunately, just with the whole coronavirus and the quarantine like it, everything just came to a halt but i did get some promising feedback on that from like legitimate producers and i'm really excited about it. i think it's a great project great idea it's basically um highway highway to heaven meets like game of thrones you know it's like it, the spiritual world I like, uh, I like both shows. yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's the spiritual world it's it's about it's about self-improvement betterment motivation overcoming obstacles becoming a better version of yourself um, so each episode we focus on a different character and their, uh, circumstances to improve themselves. And the first season revolves around actually, actually Alex Aldea plays a character Rovin in the show. And, uh, he as a very rigid and like logical man, he, he falls in love with our secretary that works at the office. And my goal and my job is to, to bring him to the point where he can feel enough confidence to make a go at a, a relationship with her. So, hmm. um, but it, it deals with also the spiritual world and, and your past selves and your past lives and overcoming that as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. I think the first episode came out great. I'm excited about the second episode. So for the Cofone, uh, we have basically, you know, we have that pilot done yeah. and then we have, um, I have, it's my uncle's idea. So he has like all these ideas for upcoming episodes. And one of my goals for the summer is to really turn that, those ideas into like a, a substantial Bible. And then we'll, from that Bible, we'll create a pitch deck. Well, now, um, the other day, uh, Cuomo just put out some rules and regulations for starting the film again. Oh, in New York. See that. Yeah. yeah it just came out. I haven't looked it over, but it, he just announced that and they announced it out in California. So there are rules and regulations to follow for the filming. So it is coming back. So people who have been writing like crazy, I'm sure you've been writing. Have oh, you yeah. been writing during all this? Yeah. So now, you know, soon before we know it, it will be opening up with a lot of restrictions, but it'll be opening up to start filming again. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see from a practical standpoint how this is actually going to work. Uh -huh. Like, you know, you've been on you've been on a lot of film sets. Uh, it's a pretty hectic place. It's a pretty crazy place. Like from a logistical standpoint, is this really going to make sense? I know a lot of people were, were expressing those concerns. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Small. It's going to be small. Cruise, cruise yeah. and small, unfortunately, for a while anyway. Yeah. Um, our last guest who my student, um, was interviewing Mika Borum. She just shot a, a music video down in Arkansas, mm -hmm. social distance shooting. So she was talking about how she did it all and it was pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, it'll, I guess it, it, anything can be done. You know, we just have to make sure it's safe and, uh, well, you know, if everybody has the same mindset, like, you know, these are the rules, this is the world that we have to play in, then we can do it. It's just, it's going to be different. Maybe not tremendously harder but definitely different for sure yeah um and uh the other project i'm working on currently just to give you some more insight uh is uh so a couple years ago um this woman teresa gattuso o'connor i hope i'm pronouncing her, her name mm -hmm. uh, correctly she lives down in south jersey i think swedesboro and uh she reached out to me on facebook and she has a really interesting motivational life story so when she was 14 years old in the 1980s she went from being a normal 14 year old active kid to having a brain aneurysm and having to mm -hmm. learn to walk again, to talk again, wow. to being uh, permanently disabled for the rest of her life. And mm -hmm. she wrote an autobiography about her, her life struggles and, and her story. And it's, it's really motivational in terms of everything that she's been through and all the obstacles that she's overcome. And she's a religious uh, person. And, you know, that's a big part of her story. Um, so, I've been 
translating that story into a, a, script. a, a script. Yeah. And I think the way that I'm going about it is because there's so many good, um, you know, anecdotes and aspects to the story that it's going to be four series. So act one, act two, act three, and act four, her childhood, act one and act two, and then her adulthood, act three and act four. And it just, uh, it just goes to show you that no matter what life throws at you, you can overcome it. Hmm. If you have faith, if you have hope and you have a good mindset, which she definitely had. And I think it's a very, um, enticing narrative for anyone. I think it, it really resonates with all people because we all go through hardships in our lives. We all go through struggles and it's how you approach it. That is really going to define not only your ability to overcome any obstacles, but really going to define yourself and your character. And I think it's a, uh, just an amazing story. And I've been spending Would a lot this of, be a feature film. I think it'll be like a or, four part series. So like, like a mini series. Yes. Like mini series. I think something. so. That, that's yeah. something different. I think so. So I've been spending yeah. a lot of time. You know, like HBO is doing a lot of mini series where it's like a couple episodes and out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that would it's make like sense for this. Yeah. That would make sense for this. So I'm currently working on that script and the way that I work is I, you know, you read all the information, you read the book and then you kind of put together an outline. So I had an outline for act one outline for act two. And after each act outline, what I'll do is I'll send it to her and get her feedback. And then, um, could once, even be a, like a lifetime. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think they so. have, they have, you know, and, and you put it in movies, like parts, like, you know, release yeah. the one and then, Oh, the second part two comes yeah, out, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's another movie. Yeah. But you never know. But yeah, I've, I've seen that. I've, I've seen, um, going to the hallmark and, and, and watching some lifetime stuff myself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> learned. <laughs> I don't. I don't watch too much of that stuff. Yeah. But, um, this. I don't know. We'll. We'll see where this goes. I mean, it's just a, a very engaging story. Very interesting. We'll see. And I think if it's done properly, it'll. It'll really resonate with a lot of people. And I think it's. It's. It's a good timing for the story because it's like, you know, uh, especially you want to. Yeah, people want to see that. People, people want to see stories see, like that. You know, different voices, right? Yeah. You don't really see many stories about disabled people, and I think this would bring. Uh, light to that voice into that story. And I think it's a, uh, Teresa's story is a great, uh, vehicle for that. Absolutely. So you're like all over the map with different things. Yeah. You get us, right? you know, I think, I mean, I'm going to do a video on my channel about this and what the, the quarantine has taught me, but there's two ways that you can go about it. Listen, you can either just completely fall off the rails mm -hmm. and like, like many you know, have, lose your, yeah. lose your mind, which, you know, I, I, there was times definitely during the quarantine where I felt like, I was kind of losing my mind a little bit. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, Me too. I, I luckily I had school still going on. Yeah. So I was very busy. And the show, the yeah. show kind of saved yeah, me yeah. the school and the show. And I was busy yeah, the I whole mean, time. You know, I was, I was staying at the, the shore at, in Seaside and the, the weather this spring has been just rain. horrible. Oh my God. So what did you do? Like when it was raining and you didn't just go what, out you and can't just, do were it, you yeah. writing? Were you watching stuff, writing, I, you know, I trying was, to be creative, but then sometimes you're just like, like with me, I was being creative and doing stuff, and then I just have to stop and veg and watch something. So I watched like Ozark. That was great, amazing. I, but as I watched that, and I planned on watching that when I couldn't do anything, mm -hmm. it made me think more. It made me like I want to write something like that, or yeah. I want to do something like that. And because I wasn't just watching any any old crap on television, I was you know watching it for a reason too. So yeah, I don't know if that came to you at all. I, I watched, I binged Ozark as well, along yeah. with Tiger King. Well, um, Tiger King. <laughs> but then you get an idea. I guess you get, you know, you could get your reality show ideas watching yeah. that in, in your mind. And maybe you like sit down and be like, I could write something. And boom, yeah. You know. Yeah. You got to, I mean, the big thing for me is just staying structured and staying focused. But I, you know, I've struggled with uh, anxiety in the past, depression in the past. And this quarantine has definitely brought about those those demons for sure oh my god yeah it's just you know especially in, in like the midst of it in like march and april and it's just gray and it's yeah, gray raining like, every day oh my it was god hard. like i was running a lot and i stopped because it was raining and so, raining and raining yeah. and i'm like what do i do i'm yeah. eating and i'm eating yeah. ordering food out yeah were you doing the same thing like no like, i would, I would still try to stay as structured as i can but i definitely felt times where i was just kind of like like in and out though people were in yeah, and out a lot yeah like what, what's like what the hell is going on like mm -hmm. i can't like go anywhere like this is like you can't go anywhere if you start to think about it like oh my god like this whole world is just messed up like what what, yeah. what are we gonna do like this is insane and now it's you, getting better now it's getting better now but life. yeah but you definitely like in the midst We're of here. it you, yeah in the studio 
you would have those those bad those bad thoughts like this isn't going to get better and like it, it it's a real struggle um but for me at least i would stay tried to stay as disciplined as i can you know with exercise just doing uh push-ups uh you know finding exercise online biking and when i can uh and then staying structured so, you know still doing uh the normal things i do for my company i have a corporate video production company and I'm, i was still reaching out to people on linkedin which is what i uh, you know a lot of the outreach that i do setting up virtual meetings and then scheduling time to write and scheduling time to read in my daily schedule and that's what what kept me sane what about teaching uh te teach. yeah yeah so we uh, as most uh schools if not all schools across the country in march things changed and we had to go all online so it was a mm -hmm. very haphazard uh, approach to it at this point because i mean it was just were so you able abrupt. to teach okay online with with your subject matter or was it very difficult to, from the classroom to um yeah it's, it's i i mean obviously i would prefer to be in person but i think you that's, can teach online classes. yeah i mean so. we have the technology now to definitely teach online uh next semester uh we're, it we're, it's going to be well they don't know yet it's going to be at least partially online so you're talking about september september yeah so i i teach uh transmedia projects at montclair state university and um we had to change, obviously, to, to online learning after uh, in March. I have some students going to Montclair. I, I believe, as far as they know, is they're going. No, they're they're going to have school I, in September. It's, it's in September. September. I just don't know the all extent. classes. Yeah, we had a, all we had classes a, might be online. They might go there, and some yeah, will be online. Some, some might of be. it's looking like it's going to at least be partially online. Mm -hmm. Or what they'll do is like half the class for half of the session, and the other half. Mm -hmm. For the other session they're still figuring that out along with the rest of the state i feel bad for the students that graduated from high school and they're going to film school so they're going to film school and, and hopefully they don't have to be online learning film and they can be hands-on yeah it'd be difficult but you know i feel bad for them that they have to deal with that still yeah because the whole end of the school year i had a bunch of seniors that were doing well right mm -hmm. doing well filming doing this getting to this festival and then it just stopped. And it's like, what do you do? You have to kind of revert for the advanced kids. You go revert back to TV film mm -hmm. one. So I was like, really? We got to do what we did already? Yeah. yeah. So the, for the, I have four other classes. It's fine. It was, it was easy because it's like, all right, this is what you're there next, 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 next. But for the advanced kids that just take a camera and go, mm -hmm. what do you do? Yeah, uh, I know. We were doing online stuff. I was getting them interviews. They were interviewing people online, doing what uh, what Ming started for Cullen on film. Mm -hmm. They were the kids were doing it, and that's how it changed. Yeah, and they had to adapt to that. Some did, some didn't. So some were like, oh, "I can't do this. I'm graduating. I don't care anymore." And some were like, "Let's do it. Do something new." And they so some grew from the from it all, and some just went down, and, and now it's over. Well, I mean. Uh, what about your students the same like some some can handle it some couldn't yeah some i mean well, like, i'm dealing with uh college seniors so there's yeah. a, a level of maturity there but yeah. but i'm sure some were like oh, i don't want to do this yeah i, I mean i think a lot of people i think and if the quarantine affects people in different ways so um i was very kind of understanding in terms of each person's particular circumstance and, mm -hmm. and their ability to uh to complete the work efficiently but it, you know, I think the world's changing in terms of us understanding that we can do a lot virtually now. And uh, so for can you imagine this happened in like the oh early 2000s or even 90s, <laughs> oh late God, 90s. Yeah. What would we do? Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, you know, so it, it's a benefit for the students. It's a benefit for myself and for all people to understand that this virtual world that we're living in is going to be a part of our world and even more so. And we should take advantage of it and we should learn the best way to to uh to approach it and 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 uh, experience it because this is the world that we're living in i mean you know we can talk about all everyone who's leaving new york I mean, a lot of people a lot of our friends have, have left you know some people might some not went to back. florida but now i don't know if they <laughs> want to stay there now <laughs> you know who, who knows if these people are, are, are going to come back i mean even mm -hmm. for for actors you can now you can most if not all auditions are virtual. So if you have yeah. a home studio set up, you can just do the auditions virtually. Mm -hmm. And then when you have to go to the city, you can get an Airbnb or something or, 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 or to that effect. That might save, you know, because I, I mean, I remember, I don't do that anymore, but I remember going in for audition, going in the city, doing mm -hmm. an audition. So I waste the day, waste all this money, yeah. travel in there, mm -hmm. go in there and do this and I do it and come back, get the train back home and the day's over. Yeah. And did I get it? Did I not get it? Did I just waste 
you know, 50 bucks in the whole day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, and I just I, casting directors are, are moving everything virtually and online now. So yeah. um, you don't necessarily have to be in the city. You know, obviously the big companies like Twitter, everything's remote now. They're going to yeah. keep on doing it. You're, you're hearing companies doing that more and more because it makes sense. And mostly, at least until like another year or so, like yeah. some people no, are but Twitter's home. doing it for forever. That's it. Yeah. They're, they're, they they, they said they're, they're not bringing they're you know, they'll have events and things where yeah. they'll bring people together, but day to day, everybody can work from home hmm. and you're going to see that a lot. I mean, we can do everything virtually now. We don't have to be in uh, a office setting anymore. And maybe yeah. that model doesn't work. So, um, it's, it's, uh, for all the, the students out there, I mean, to learn, to, to learn virtually is very important because this is the world that we're all living in now. And I think it's, you're going to see, you know, it'd be interesting to see these, these long-term changes that are going to happen even after coronavirus is finally gone, which is hard to think about at this point, but, um, I really, really hope so. Yeah. We really you know, do hope, like we we're talking before, I really do hope they have something by the end of the year and we can go back to normal. Yeah, in the classroom yeah, setting. Yeah. But it'll, it'll be interesting to see, particularly movie theaters, right? We both love films. I mean, yeah. they're not opening, I think, in some parts of the country. But are they going to come? They're planning on doing it somehow, somewhere, but it's going to be even less people. Yeah, it's going to be leaving less people. Remember when they, they, they made the theater, even over here, the theaters are less chairs? So oh, they, they made it less seat. people. Yeah, so but they were charging more, I think. But, you know, you had the recliners, but yeah, it's yeah. Less, less chairs, less people mm -hmm. anyway. And now they got to do half of that. Half of that, yeah. It'll be see the you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see how these theaters come back if at all. Yeah. I mean you know, well theaters were open in, in Texas. Well now Texas is pretty much shutting down. Shutting down again, yeah. So who knows what's going to happen? It's it's unfortunate because it's something that we like doing. We like going to places and watching the films and and talking. Yeah. And, you know, going to bars, going to films. Yeah, I mean that whole human element yeah. at least right now is not there. So. Um, I just, you know, I think the the data was showing that people even before this were not going to theaters as much. So mm -hmm. I was always interested in in the fact that I think theaters had to add an extra element, like maybe like a film festival element where you had mm -hmm. a cast member or a crew member. It wasn't just going to see a film on the big screen. Well, look what Kevin Smith did. He went around with his yeah. film instead of releasing it, went to, you know, Radio City, City. Like big theaters yeah, over think, here in the big theater in Asbury. And. You know, you, you see the Q&A with the two of them mm -hmm. or whoever else is in the film that's there that night. So you, you get that experience of here's the film. Here's us talking or Q&A and everyone's having a good time. And it's a huge theater. He has that record. At like, what was it? Ninety three thousand dollars for the one day. Was that it, Ming? Uh, something like that. Something. And then I, uh, I think per theater. For theater, he, he is the right? Some kind of, yeah. He did better than Endgame or something, yeah. oh something crazy yeah. like that. Uh, per theater average. Per theater average, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you think about it, and I, I even I saw it twice in these big things. I went to see it twice yeah. in the, and because it's fun. I enjoyed it. I brought different people every time. We went, we, you know, whatever. It was a higher price, but it was worth it. And then they do the Q&A, which, uh, you know, I've seen them plenty of times, but it was really cool you hear it and it's different every time. Mm -hmm. It's never the same. And, uh, you know, someone else is there from, it's not just you know, Kevin and, and Jay, maybe someone they're in a town and someone else is in the movie and gets up on stage. Yeah. So it, it's always, did you get Ming? Did you go up on stage at all? You weren't there for when it was here, here right? You were, uh, you were no, away. I didn't, but here's the articles in Forbes of all places. Yeah. Wow. Jin Sambai reboot is shattering box office records and nobody has noticed, which, you know, uh, yeah, per, <laughs> nobody noticed. <laughs> per theater, $93,520. Right? Um, In New no, that Jersey. Was, that was their opening weekend. But the, uh, yeah, the per theater average was something like crazy. It was like 6,000 or something. Wow. Or yeah, it was, uh, no, wait, 60,000 per theater average. Yeah. And so, yeah, that beat. I, I saw it. I also saw it in, well, I saw it here in the regular theater. Um, and then I saw it uh, in New York City. Went mm -hmm. to New York. It was packed. It was packed. It was uh, it was really cool. So, and then um, I had this shirt that I, I had bought online. I had all like a bunch of Kevin's uh, films from the on video. Oh, nice! And it was stacked. So I'm walking around, and some like woman in the sky stopped me. They go, "Hey, hey, um, can we take a picture of you?" And I said, "Why?" She was like. You're wearing our shirt that we made. Like they were the, <laughs> they made the shirt and they were there and they're like, this is so cool that 
we see you here and you, we made your shirt. I was like, that was pretty awesome. That was pretty awesome. So I got a photo with the people that made the shirt. <laughs> so random. It was that random. It was just so random, but it was fun. But uh, yeah, that was, that's cool. But that, that could be the new thing. I think so. I mean, I what just, if you did it? Yeah. You made a film, you yeah. feature film and you're like, all right, you book a big theater out here. You did get a, as much cast that you can and people on crew and you do a big Q and a after and you, you sell tickets for 30, $40 a piece and you have it at, uh, what's the big theater out here in Asbury? Paramount. Oh, yeah. The Paramount. Paramount. Yeah. That's you uh, do the Paramount. Yeah, no, well, they I, do that for yeah. the festivals. Yeah. Well, why, do, why don't you do it for your film? Yeah, no, because why not? You have to give the audience something that they can't necessarily get on at home. Right. Yeah. And, you know, for the big films like the, the Marvel films and the big blockbusters, people are going to still go to the theaters for that. Mm -hmm. But for the independent stuff, why should somebody go to a theater? And especially now that they're accustomed yeah, to well, being at the home, reason well, we, see we have this, to, yeah. you have to give them something extra, mm -hmm. something that makes the experience more than just seeing it yeah. on the big screen. And then maybe AMC and, and these uh, these theater chains will come together and, and have a more of a festival experience for their guests, like throughout the year at these different different places. The, throughout the, the Alamo one that was in a few, it's in Texas, it's in New York. They did theme stuff like that. They did like. They, they'll bring in a film and have a theme thing and mm -hmm. have the person there or something or somebody from it. I saw Star Wars in New York, the newer ones. Oh, nice. And they had like really cool stuff as you went in and they have craft beers as well. But then they had like, they had a camera with the Millennium Falcon was flying around <laughs> filming people and just, it, and they had, um they had put the video together with like all old Star Wars commercials from back in the seventies. Oh, wow. And like old like shows and clips and stuff, and they would show it before. So it was all the specialty stuff just for the film. Wow. I could have just saw it at any theater and just walked in and watched it, but this was all a huge thing that they put together. Wow! And that's, that's what cool. you need to do. I believe. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And or, or like um, you see these anniversaries. I saw the Animal House anniversary in Newark, mm -hmm. and Fla not Flounder. Um, what's his name? Was there? Uh I can't even remember his name right now. Um, well, one of the actors was there, played one of the main characters, and he did a Q&A after the movie. But, you know, that was made, what, in the early, like, 1980? So we were, like, I was very young, so mm -hmm. I couldn't see that. So going to the theater to see Animal House as an adult with a packed house and watching it and people dying laughing at these scenes that you've laughed at hundreds of times and seen it. It's, it was such a cool experience to hear that and see that. It's like, oh, I'm going to see American Pie for the first time yeah. in a theater, yeah. which I did. And it was hysterical yeah. and laughing with everybody. But like, you know, those scenes where they, they kill the horse and everyone's dying laughing. <laughs> and you're like, this is funny. It, just, it felt so cool. And then afterwards, you're doing a Q&A with Otter. Not Otter. I, what's his name? The guy, that he's a bad guy in a lot of stuff all the time. He's still acting out there. I am blanking. I forgot. Otter was the other guy. It was, uh, yeah. Um, it'll pop in my head. <laughs> but what a great movie. What a great experience. And I'll never forget that. I'll remember that. So they should do more of that, I believe. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it would bring people back to the theater. Mm -hmm. Like I would, I would go. I would now, go let me it. ask you this. Um, We've we've actually you know, we go to the we used to go to the movies a lot together. Yeah, uh, so, so a, a bunch of, of stuff, yeah, bunch of stuff, a lot um, of indie stuff that people are like. What <laughs> uh, do you like or dislike the dining theaters? I like it. Yeah, I, I like it too. I like it, I, but know. I wouldn't like. I don't like some people get a whole meals and stuff. You know, yeah. I get a snack. Yeah, you know, take a fingers here or something like that and get a, a drink. <laughs> Let me ask you no. something else. Do you feel like I, you always hear saying, "Oh, I don't like the dining." Because uh, the waiters, they're so noisy or it distracts my viewing experience. It doesn't. It, it doesn't for me. No. I don't know. Like, no. I, don't, I don't mind. I like having the bigger seat. I mm -hmm. like if I have to go to the restroom, I could just get up and go. I don't have to bump. Well, they have that at the people. Alamo, too. But they yeah. have it like it's like this. You sit down like this and there's the, um, the and then there's the next seat down. It goes down. But you have this whole thing all mm -hmm. the way across. And you sit there and they'll come in real quick and then a couple of times and they're real quiet. And they're just like, what would you like it? Yeah, another beer, another this, yeah, another yeah. drink. What an experience. I want that. I want that experience. Yeah. But I guess now you do it at home. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's where right now. it's going. It's yeah. like, but I think even before that, it's bringing, I mean, with sports too, it's bringing the home experience to the stadium. I mean, that's what a lot of these 
sports teams have done and mm-hmm. with the stadium uh, setups and like pr- paying extra for the, the quote unquote box seats, et cetera. Yeah. But I personally like it. I mean, I know you hear you do hear a lot of friends and, and people saying, oh, I don't like it because it's distracting and this and that. But they are usually sold out. You go on a Saturday night. Most of the new films that yeah. come out that week, they're always sold you out. So they have to be. Them, yeah. It has to be a good investment and a good marketing and business strategy well, for AMC. It's also different these days. Like you have to, if your film coming out, you got to make money in the beginning because they remember back when we were younger, these movies were out for three, four, or five months. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't make it that first weekend, you're oh, gone yeah. in a week. Yeah, yeah. Because and they come out on Netflix or yeah. Prime or yeah. wherever very but, quickly. I mean, yeah. you hit or miss after that first weekend. That's yeah. you know, it's it, it's a shame. Even the, even these other films that um, have have bombed, you know, like oh, like uh, I don't know, maybe the last Terminator that came out, you know, they didn't promote it right, or it just wasn't good, or they didn't have good promotions for mm-hmm. it. It it, you know, it was supposed to be like forget the other ones. This is it right after part two, and then it comes out and it just totally bombs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after that first weekend, and like no, and that's it. That's all you got. So, but but some films, some films, if people go see it and. And not uh, that first weekend, I'm like, you know what? It's really good. And the word of mouth and more people come and then it gets bigger. That doesn't happen that often. Usually it's like, ah, oh, the movie wasn't good enough. And then pff, it's gone. Well, that's, I mean, that's Avatar story, right? Like the first, if you remember back. Yeah, nobody like, was like, yeah. what is this? And some people went to see it and then they're like, and critics incredible. Yeah, yeah, Critics didn't like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first weekend or even two weekends, it didn't do well. And then all of a sudden it just, and Titanic, I don't know what it is with James Cameron. I think the same thing <laughs> happened with Titanic too. It just didn't pick it, up with the new Terminator. Yeah. And I remember Titanic. I mean, that was in the theater for forever. Yes. It was almost like a year. Forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. And it was because of that slow build. Uh, but that's, that's very well, Back rare. in the day, the movies would come out and they would stay out for a long time. I remember as a little kid, like Ghostbusters and Gremlins came out in the summer and they were out for almost a year in the theater because mm-hmm. you didn't have really where, where to go yeah. right after that. And then VHS, you know, go on VHS. Usually a 80s, long time. Yeah. A long, a long time, time after. long time yeah. wait. They get it out finally. But they would have long runs in the theater. Even like back when the day when Star Wars came out, that was out for a long time. They just kept kept it out. And then they would re-release it again and mm-hmm. again every so often because I did see empire as a, a young kid but not in the original release they, they brought it back again or something like that i remember it was very vague because i was very young but that was one of the first movies i saw in the theater it was that i remember going to see jedi as a first release and i think it was 83 i believe mm. I, I was pretty young still in the theater watching that but i remember going to the theater with my cousins and watching Return of the Jedi, nice. and that was an experience because I was Empire. I don't even can I can hardly remember, but in the theater, but but Jedi was the first one where I kind of really remember going to sit down as a kid with my family and my cousins, and we're watching Return of the Jedi. Do you remember what theater it was? No, was it around here or no? I didn't live here yet. It yeah. was in New York. Yeah. It was a, that's how old it was. I was eighty three. Wow, freaking young man. <laughs> I think the first. Film- I think my brother was just born. Wow. Yeah, the first film I ever saw was uh, in the theater was Rocky Four. Or he was two years old. He was uh, Rocky. Uh, Rocky, Rocky Four, Four eighty five, I think. Yeah, Christmas yeah. eighty five. Yeah, but I saw. I want to go back. I saw the American Tale in the theater. Saw. Uh, well, and then when you see this, did you go with your family? It was like a family mm-hmm. event thing. Yeah. I remember like Home going Alone, to see when you were a kid. That's yeah. Home Alone. Yeah, I went to yeah. see Home Alone with my entire family. We all went. And I don't think I ever laughed so loud. I'm still young. Yeah. I laughed so, like, the whole time. The whole theater. Crying. Right? The whole my theater, father's whole, dying yeah, laughing. Yeah, same thing. I remember my, my What an experience. Laughing. You yeah. don't see that anymore. There's yeah. no movie that does that anymore. Yeah. I, I remember just a select few, but that as a kid. Uh, I remember going to see American Pie and the whole theater's dying laughing yeah. together. Yeah. And um, that was 20 years ago, yeah. American Pie. Yeah. There's something about Mary. Yeah. I saw that in a test audience. I had I a test audience over either. here. And I just went. I got a ticket. I went. I'm sitting next to people. I have no idea who they are. I'm by myself. I'm, I'm like, test audience is cool because i never done that before back then. So I go, I don't The first 10 minutes, I was crying <laughs> the whole time. And you guys like, penis stuck in the zipper and he's bringing her <laughs> up. And I'm like, and this is Ben. And Ben Stiller dressed as like a young kid. Yeah. You know? I lost it. I, I couldn't stop laughing. And, and the movie kept going. I'm still laughing about the first part of it. Yeah. Like, what, they don't, there's nothing like that anymore. Yeah. It doesn't happen. <laughs> really. Or old school laughing so loud and crazy. 
But those are like uh, certain memories. And, and I, I haven't been to a movie theater and saw a comedy and laughed like that. And I can't even remember the last time. Did you see Dumb and Dumber in the theater? Dumb, the new one? No, the, I saw the new one, that which wasn't any good. But. No, but, but it was funny. And it, that was probably the last one I saw in the theater, Dumb and Dumber 2. I didn't think that was very good. There was moments. There are moments in it that are funny, that are laugh out loud. So that was the probably the last movie that I laughed out loud in the theater at moments. Because there was a few, like uh, a couple scenes. Yeah, no, I, okay. There were a few I, scenes I, that I'm were so that. hysterical yeah. that you're laughing throughout. Yeah. Not like Dumb and Dumber in the theater. Oh, Forget it. God. The whole movie you're whole laughing. Movie, but, yeah. but the sequel, there was a good three or four scenes that were so damn funny that you're laughing for 10 minutes <laughs> talking <laughs> about it. But I think that was the last film that I was laughing out loud in the movie theater. I don't think I've seen a comedy in a theater since then. Yeah, they don't, they don't make much no. like that. Or, or they come yeah. right to the video, right to the, maybe, yeah, Netflix, and some yeah. video, or most of them are television shows yeah. now. Anyway, they make you laugh, and there's not even... So, you know, out there, filmmakers, make a good comedy, because <laughs> they're really hard to find right now. They're hard to make, too. It's hard they to create hard. a good comedy, you know. Yeah. really is. Without right. being, like, cheesy or just stupid or yeah. just forced. I think, yeah, it has to be organic and natural, and it's. I think it's very hard to right. do that like a straight comedy like i like mm -hmm. most of my projects have been like kind of hybrids yeah comedy dramas uh uh but to do like a straight comedy i think is just very difficult it's not easy even um even today they go a lot of them do go straight to vod and all yeah. that and they just they're just not the same yeah not the same so if you filmmakers out there make a good comedy please <laughs> we want to go see it <laughs> <laughs> laugh out loud in the theater again would be a great thing yeah so uh so you got all this going on and everything. Um, what do you plan on doing other than that? Anything else on the horizon? In terms of film and everything? Uh, yeah. yeah, well, I, you know, I, I've been biking a lot. I'm training mm. for a century ride, 100 miles mm. on July 25th in South Jersey, Mount Holly. So I've been biking a lot, wow. uh, playing tennis when I can, enjoying the the beautiful weather. You know, we, we've waited nice so long. Today. Yeah, we wait so long for this uh the weather to finally be good in New Jersey and just want to take advantage of every moment I can be yeah. outside. Um, you know, I don't want to go, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't really want to travel anywhere in the summer. I mean, I will, I, I want to, but it's hard to, so I'm looking for places where it would be okay. Yeah. Too, you know, that's, well, that's true. But I, I, you know, I just, I love the shore. I love the beach. I wanted uh, to know. go to California this summer. That's not happening. Yeah. You know, but, no. but we have it here. Yeah, you we have, have it. Yeah, we have a beautiful beach and uh, just trying to take advantage of of all that, man. You know, just, you know, like I said before, I think even though the quarantine has brought a lot of, uh, you know, hardships. And I, and I do want to also say that, well, we had the luxury of being able to stay inside and, you mm -hmm. know, dealing with our quote unquote issues. Like there's doctors, nurses and fr uh, frontline workers that are actually putting their lives yeah. on the line. So we have this luxury. And you're fortunate enough that you were still working. Yeah, and well, uh, you know, I had my, I have my, I'm a business owner. I'm a small business. Well, owner. that too, but yeah. you also teaching. You still had. Yeah, I, I had that. So you had income. Yeah, where a lot of people didn't. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm blessed for that. Thankful for that. Uh, thankful for all the, the, the healthcare workers that are putting their lives on the line to, yeah. uh, really save the lives of others. So just tremendously grateful. Um, but I, you know, I think I picked up some good habits, man. I think you know, I, I picked up some good structure. And I hope to continue with it, just incorporating writing in my daily schedule, like, you know, 10 scenes a day or something like that. And, yeah. and setting long term goals, short term goals, like each day, this is what I want to accomplish. This is what I want to accomplish by the end of the week. This is what I want to accomplish for the summer, for the year, et cetera. So you were talking about casting. Have you casted online during this at all? With no. People in parts? no, I'm not. I'm not in that stage yet. Yeah. No. So no, no casting yet. But, but you uh, already have sort of a cast for all these going forward, right? For your, for your web series, because the, for the characters web series, are yeah, already we filmed, there. We filmed right? two yeah. episodes, or you know, yeah. one and unless you know the other characters that aren't there yet, but you pretty much have it casted, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a great cast for the the benefactor Alex Aldea, who I mentioned previously, mm -hmm. uh, Laura Peterson, who whom you know, Marissa mm -hmm. Bertani, Nicholas Calhoun, who's one of my great friends. He's a a, a great actor. Um, James Chacon, who's also in the uh, the Cafone pilot. So we had an awesome cast. Uh, Gemma, Gemma McAnally who plays uh, the Ovella character, who's kind of like the uh, spiritual help to my character, who's uh, going through a, a bunch of his own problems. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's a cool cast. I think, you know, I'm really yeah. uh, 
um, I like the first episode. I like the so second episode. You can see the first one right now on YouTube. On yeah, your Tom Benty Media. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I'm going to do some more videos now. That's one of the things I'm going to start incorporating going forward is just doing reviews. I'm also working on like a, a communications course before I started teaching transmedia. I taught public speaking for you're um, developing a class. I wrote it out. I just need to film it. So I'm going to I'm going to put the ads, you know, the some stuff online and then some stuff it's going to be for pay. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm developing like a film online course, how to create a feature film. And huh. like, cause I, you know, I did it as a, as so a doing like man. those, like almost like those master classes well, that they have out there. <laughs> I don't know if I'm Ron Howard. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, you know, I'm just, still teaching yeah, I'm, you know? I'm some guy. Yeah. There are I, other I, things. I, mean, I have the good experience. So that, I'd, yeah. I'd love to, to share my experience with others and, and try to provide knowledge. Um, and yeah, I want to create more content just for online, just like videos of, of uh reviews like i said um you know talking about the production process from a corporate standpoint a lot of people that are in these corporations they don't understand like how do you go about creating a video a lot of times so mm -hmm. just putting content on there uh, how is the corporate video stuff going I, you know i well we're not filming yet yeah not, not yet right no now, yeah. you do things like they'll come in and can you make a how-to video I, yeah yeah we so we we did some some cool stuff one of the coolest projects Actually, I think I was here two years ago, right? Yeah. It was 18 I was here in the summer. I believe so. And we had just finished an active shooter training video for Middlesex County College oh. in New Jersey, uh, oh. in Edison, actually, my yeah. hometown. And um, that was a great experience. So yeah, I actually, I, oddly enough, I filmed an active shooter myself. <laughs> you did? Yeah, for our, our district. But has, I have the video, but it was never made into anything more than me filming it. So I should, I, I should send you, uh, I have, I'm not I allowed had, to. I yeah. Think. Yeah. You can't, you can't. Yeah. I have the footage. I had to give it to them. They have the footage. So whatever they did with it, but okay. it was, I was there for that active shooter thing and oh, it cool. was, it was wild. Yeah. It's, I, I think ours can't, and they were really happy with the, the Middlesex County college was very happy with it. We had a great, hmm. um, the, the police there were awesome. Mike Ambrosiak, who I actually went to high school with, he's the one who, who brought me on board for that project. And, um, uh, the all the everyone involved in that was really great uh and that was a cool experience and then yeah. another cool experience i did that summer was um creating marketing videos for an augmented reality glasses company so you have these cool augmented reality glasses and like creating marketing content for them and all the graphics that were involved and so there's really a cool. lot of companies that do podcasts here mm -hmm. maybe someday they'll or maybe they'll want a video of some sort so yeah. we'll have to you know, make sure people see that and you never know because they're Right, Meg, there's a lot of corporate corporations, a lot of people that always are looking for things like there that. There are, and everything is uh, everything's so visual now. Yeah. Uh, you know, throw up uh, and they all yeah, podcast though. They all, yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's a good chance of that for sure. Yeah, so cool. You never cool. know. Keep you me never, in your mind, Suburbanite yeah. Productions, baby. Yeah. So yeah, we we have your stuff all out there, so people can check it out, and yeah. I'm sure more people because this was kind of like I I do that sometimes with surprise episodes here and there and everywhere, but it'll be on the page. It'll also be on YouTube as well, SoundCloud, and so it gets out there. Nice people man. see yeah, these no, shows. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you inviting me. I know it was yeah. last minute, and I'm yeah. sorry. I, I know I came in late yeah, for, you know. for everyone at home, but uh, this was this is always cool. It's cool seeing you, man. Always, yeah. It was a good dude, yeah. Ming. Honor to be here with you today sir oh I'm honored to have you in here my <laughs> thank friend. you it's uh, it's always you know, always a good time and calling on film and we learn a lot about people a yeah. little different a little different than the other show yeah a little bit different but uh we, we get your name out there get your stuff out no, there I appreciate and that's the it. point yeah. and uh, people learn from it too as well so teaching tv film and, and showing kids these videos and be like all right this person does this and this and um <clears throat> you show that there's so many different aspects of this industry and not just i'm a writer director it's everything else so yeah really and i think across. that's the way the industry is going and i'm sure you can attest to it too is like the days of like hey i just act or i just write i think those days are are long gone and take advantage of all the tools that we have right you can yeah. create films and they are creating films with iphones like it doesn't have to mm -hmm. be uh, a big budget project like just tell a compelling story tell like have the audience feel something yeah and you don't need a lot of money to do that you just no. you, you just need good storytelling skills so uh take advantage of it like if you want to get into acting learn how to write direct produce learn how to create your own content Absolutely. and if you want to be a filmmaker learn how to act because that's a great tool to have as, yep. a, as a director it's as good well. to have it so, all it is there it really is but you went you went the even from acting and then into that i did and i still so. act i'm a proud member of screen actors guild as are you correct as I yeah am too, i still yeah. still pay my dues and i'm, I'm proud to be don't part do it of that too year. much but i do it 
Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I want to do it more. Uh, you know, I, have, every, I yeah, think everyone would want to do it more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then you get distracted and you do other things. Well, and so that you get distracted, but you don't, you know, as a part but, of it. But it's good, though, because you're yeah. doing good things. Yeah. You're and actors, right? You know, your whole life can change in, in a day. Mm-hmm. And it could be years or, or even longer before you have that opportunity. But you can't just be waiting around for that opportunity. Nope, you, you have to it. make your own as well. But sure. I'm lucky. I, I do have some a uh, couple new agents and managers that I'm working with. So I'm hoping when things get back to normal, I'll at least be able to do some have more Have you auditions. done any audition tapes? I did one. Uh, yeah, I did. I did one, I think, back in April. Oh. They were doing some like big audition. So I'm lucky I have the production studio so I can and my friends come in. Alex comes in. My friend Nicholas Calhoun comes in and they'll do their self tapes with me. Cool. So I'm lucky I have that studio. And um, yeah, we did one in April for some sort of big um, like open call type thing mm-hmm. that I think everybody had an opportunity to audition for. But yeah, we do you never know with that stuff. You because I did that yeah. one time is just to to experience auditioning. And I had like it was a big audition. Many people did it, but I I got the call. I went in, and I got the part. Nice, shocked. Yeah, so many people auditioned, but you never know. You never know. And that was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had. Yeah, and I made some money. Yeah, so you never know. That's a, that's the best part about it all. So just keep at it, everybody. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for coming in. And uh, that's that's another episode of Cullen on Film, and we got some coming up shortly soon next week we should have uh some more guests coming and uh and hopefully throughout the summer news actors that are at home will get you on (laughs) (laughs) thanks a lot all right thank you